coming at you live from Louisville, Kentucky. Just sounded just like a radio announcer. Hey, we are up here as a pastoral team um, at our Harbor Network, which is the network Oaks is a part of, Harbor Network um, Leadership Conference. And this is why you see the exposed brick um, behind me, but wouldn't want to miss this, even though I'm out of town. So thanks for joining us. We call this Romans Rewind. We take 10 or 15 minutes every weekday to tackle um, an issue, a topic, a theme from the book of Romans. And this kind of parallels our preaching series um, through Romans that we're doing on Sunday mornings at Four Oaks, taking the opportunity to, to dig in, dive into maybe some things that we didn't get to spend as much time on. And so if you do have questions, by the way, and, and some of you have done this, you can email those to paul.gilbert at fouroakschurch.com. Right, we were in Romans 3 yesterday, and as we've seen, there were a number of things that the church in Rome was wrestling with. And one of those had to do with the fact that in the church in Rome, there was a kind of, of a majority of Gentile Christians, Christians who were Gentiles, versus a very small minority of Christians who happened to be Jews. And, and Paul is going through this whole thing, remember, in Romans 1 through 3, to show that everyone, Gentile Jew, is in equal need of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, Paul mentioned something in Romans 3 that he doesn't expound upon here, but he does go on to expound later in Romans on. And I want to, I want to tackle this one this morning. So let's start in Romans 3, verses, verse 1, and we'll read through verse 4. Then what advantage has the Jew, or what is the value of circumcision? much in every way to begin with the to begin with the jews were entrusted with the oracles of god what if some were unfaithful does their faithlessness nullify the faithfulness of god by no means let god be true though everyone were a liar as it is written that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged so first thing that paul tells them is that there is a, a huge advantage to growing up in a religious context, um, being a part of a church or the people of God. We have the oracles of God, the very word of God. And this is mainly what we talked about on Sunday during the sermon. But then Paul follows this up with a hypothetical objection that he imagines the Israelites um, or the Jewish Christians raising in response to this. And this is contained in verse 3. What if some were unfaithful? Does their faithlessness nullify the faithfulness of God? Again, this would have been a very natural question for them to ask because here they are as God's chosen people. They have they are in the benefit of his word, the promises, the covenant. But yet they look around and there are very few um, Jewish Christians in the church. And this would have uh, raised a question, I think, immediately. Well, has God been, has God not been faithful? I mean, we know that his people have been faithless, but does that mean that he has not been faithful? And Paul's answer to that is no. Now, Paul goes on and addresses some other issues here, but he returns to this argument later in Romans chapter 9. I want us to see that for a minute. Because it's going to be probably forever and a day until we get to Romans 9, I thought, would be okay to go ahead and, and hit this a little bit because it is a theme um, that Paul that courses through Romans that's kind of in the background of a lot of what Paul talks about okay and in Romans 
and that has to do with the future of Israel, the future of ethnic Jews, um, those who were part of the covenant family, but um, by profession of faith, but who rejected their own Messiah and um, and fell away. And so again, this would this would have been occasion for many to. Um, to, to raise a charge against God, right? To say, God, you're not faithful, or, or God, you've forgotten your people. And Paul addresses this issue again in Romans 9, 6. Now, I want you, as I'm reading this, to think about your own issue in your life where you have been tempted to believe that maybe God is not faithful, or God is slow to fulfill his promises, or God is, his timing is not what you would want it to be. Listen to what Paul says here. To look at verse 5, Romans 9. To them, meaning the Jews, belong the patriarchs. And from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ, who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. Now here it is. But it's not as though the word of God has failed. So Paul, again, anticipating their objection. If, if Jews are God's chosen people, why, why aren't there more of them in the kingdom? And Paul says, it's not as though the word of God has failed. Now listen, for not all who were descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. But though through Isaac shall your offspring be named. This means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. For this is what the promise said, about this time next year, I will return and Sarah shall have a son. Now, Paul says a lot in those few verses in answering this charge about whether the word of God has failed or whether God has not been faithful to his promises. And his short answer is no, God has, um, God has not failed. The word of God has not failed. Um, and the reason that we can say this is that he's saying it was God's design from the very beginning that people not be saved because of any outward contribution they would make in other words be, by being an ethnic Jew Paul said that's never been God's economy God's economy has always been that it's the spiritual children of Abraham who are Abraham's who are the children of Abraham and, and what you say what does that mean well go back to verse 8 this means that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God but the children of the promise are counted as offspring so Paul is saying that no because, just because there are not a lot of Christian Jews in the church at that time doesn't mean God's promises have failed. It's, it's just a reminder that by being a Jew is no guarantee okay, of being a part of God's covenant plan. God's covenant plan was always to gather a people to himself by grace. Okay? And so this is where he quotes um, Genesis in verse 9. It says, about this time next year I will return and Sarah shall have a son. Now, we preached through Genesis a few years ago at Four Oaks, and one of the things we were reminded of there, that from start to finish, the birth of Isaac to carry on the line of Abraham was by grace. It was all by grace. Remember, Sarah was barren. She was an older woman. Abraham was old. Um, they had long since given up hope that there would be a child given to Sarah. This is why she sent Abraham into Hagar to conceive Ishmael. She was not trusting in the promises of God. Um, she was taking matters into her own hands. But Paul says that 
the way that Isaac was conceived and born, meaning God initiated with Abraham, God, um, she was she conceived by the grace of God, and the child of promise was born miraculously to a woman who was barren. This is a picture of salvation. This is what Paul is saying. It's a picture of salvation. So far from a part of saying that God's promises have failed, well, what Paul is saying is that God knows his people. And God draws his people to himself through his grace, through the seed of Abraham, which of course is Jesus Christ. And that if what you see only outwardly is that these ethnic Jews are failing to be gathered to the name of Christ, Paul says, no worries. It's all part of God's sovereign plan and timing. Now, in the next couple of days, tomorrow and Thursday, we're going to go through here and look at that plan in a little more detail. But for right now, what we want to really camp out on is that even when we are faithless, God is faithful. Even when all the odds seemingly are stacked against us spiritually, God is gracious and God is faithful. And so whatever God is up to, um, maybe he's you, that you perceive his timing to be off or he's slow to fulfill his promises. Um, you've been praying for something for years, decades even, whether it's a marriage or children or a job or a disease, that it's never a matter of God's promises failing. It's never a matter of God not being faithful. It's always going to be a matter, are we going to trust in him and place our faith in him by grace and realize that anything that he bestows upon us, any, any blessings in this life, spiritual life, are all from his hand, in his timing, according to his will, by his sovereign grace. And this is what Paul, and we're going to go back to Romans 3 now, this is what Paul is wanting to impress upon us, impress upon the people in Rome. And I love the way that he ends that little, um, little section there, and back in Romans 3 and verse 4, he says, let God be true, though everyone were a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged. And so we cannot bring a charge against God, right? He is the faithful, covenant-keeping God. We trust in his promises. We don't always understand his ways, right, in this life. They are mysterious to us. But we should never think that God's faithful, faithfulness has run out or that our faithlessness has somehow... Um, triggered the unfaithfulness of God. God is never unfaithful. He's slow to anger and abounding in love. And think about that today as you're wrestling through your own issues, spiritual issues before God in prayer, and as you are waiting and as you are hoping. It may appear that God's plan is being thwarted, but in the end, he gathers his people by grace to his name. It's a great word for us. All right, let's pray. Lord, Remind us that you are slow to anger, abounding in love, and that you are always fulfilling your covenant faithfulness to us. Lord, even when it appears the timing is off or, or something has gone amiss, as the, as the Christians and the church in Rome were asking about their fellow Israelites, Lord, remind us that it's always been your intention to gather a people by your grace. And Lord, we, ask, we pray, Lord, that you would remind us of that today. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you back here tomorrow in Louisville, Kentucky.